Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. to his name. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He's made ways in the wilderness and hey, hey. He's made ways in wilderness and rivers and dry places. We glorify him. We magnify him. Hey, wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. If you need him to make a way, if you would stand on your feet in this room and give him praise for just a few seconds. Just a few seconds. Just a few seconds. Praise him in advance. Praise him in advance for what he's going to do. You know he'll make a way. We glorify you, God. We magnify you. We honor you. Wonderful is your name. Wonderful is your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel a praise in this house. I don't know about y'all, but I feel a praise. Wonderful, God. We glorify. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. All you got to do is think about it. <laughs> All you got to do is think about it. I heard it said when I think on it, huh? When I think on the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, we give God glory. We give God praise. It's Palm Sunday, church. <laughs> Grateful for Palm Sunday. We'll be finding ourselves in scripture this morning in Luke chapter 19, beginning at verses beginning at verse 28, reading through verse 40. Mm. I don't know if you know that congregational hymn, but when I think on the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, I thank God for saving me. I thank God for saving me. I thank God for saving me. You know my soul cries out, hallelujah. Can you sing that for us? I thank God for saving Run that back one more time. Sing that for me because you know. Think on the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. My soul cries out, hallelujah. Saving me, I thank God for saving me. For saving me, you know my soul. Hallelujah! I thank God for saving me. It's the custom of this church to stand at the reading of the word. If you wouldn't mind doing so, I'd appreciate it. Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 28, I'm reading in the New King James Version. The New King James reads as follows. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied. on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. 
And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. Can somebody just say the Lord has need of it? So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner said of it to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they sat Jesus upon him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near, the descent to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. If there's a topic for this morning's sermon, the topic is pass the peace. God, we thank you for this moment in time. We thank you for allowing us to get to this Sunday and this time in this day where we've dedicated our minds and our hearts to worship you. Pray that your anointing would be here, that you would allow for your spirit to flow from heart to heart and from breast to bless breast, that your word would be communicated with clarity, conviction, authority, and anointing. We'll thank you and we'll praise you. Let your words and your work be done in Jesus' name. Amen. On Monday, May 25th, 2020, a man by the name of George Floyd was detained in Minneapolis, Minnesota by police for an alleged report of forgery. When the police arrived at the scene, they proceeded to question Mr. Floyd, but their questions turned physical. For reasons still unknown at present, the officers decided that it was best to forcibly detain Mr. Floyd and place handcuffs on him while forcing him to the ground. While he lay on the ground, one of the four officers, and you heard me, I said one of the four officers that came to respond to this alleged um, case of forgery, held Mr. Floyd to the ground and decided at best to place his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck, pressing down for what shows in the video as eight minutes and 46 seconds until this man, who is handcuffed and compliant, lay lifeless on the ground with force still being applied. Following that day, many across the country and around the world gathered in peaceful protest against injustices experienced in America, suffered by black and brown citizens. Some of these protests shortly thereafter turned violent, causing civil disobedience and social unrest. Now there's been a lot of chatter going on in and around our country with regard to these protests that have turned violent. And I'm not sure how you feel about all of the things that you've heard, all of the things that you've seen, all of the things that you've experienced. But what I do know is that the actions and activities that turned violent are not becoming of a Christian. 
On January 6, 2021, supporters of President Donald Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol building in the first time, for the first time since the War of 1812. The protesters gathered in Washington, D.C. in support of Trump and his claims of voting fraud as the U.S. Congress was there to vote to certify President, then-President-elect Joe Biden's victory. At some point, the gathering turned from peaceful to violent, resulting again in the first storming of our nation's capital since the War of 1812. There's been a lot of chatter in our country and around the world about what's happened, what did happen on January 6, 2021. And I'm not quite sure how you feel about what happened on January 6. But what I do know is that the actions and activities that turned violent on that day are not becoming of a Christian. Christianity is a religion of peace. And I get that we come together on Palm Sunday on a regular basis and communicate the victory that we have in Jesus. I get that the disciples, when they came, when they ushered Jesus in on this cult into the city of Jerusalem, I understand that they were excited that the new kingdom of God, the new reign of God was being ushered in in that moment. I get this feeling of victory. I get this feeling of the oppressed becoming free. I get how it feels to feel like you're less than and you're low down. And finally, maybe you will be victorious. But our religion is a religion of peace. Jesus did not come to storm the capital city. Jesus came so that we might have life and peace. We know that Jesus was ushering in the kingdom of heaven in that moment when he entered into Jerusalem. And what sometimes we miss in that moment is that that some of the attributes of the kingdom of God that was being ushered in. You see, in ancient Middle East, in ancient Near East, um, the ancient Near East world, leaders who rode into capital cities on horses were riding in to announce a time of war. But the leaders who rode into capital cities on donkeys, or in this case, colts, young donkeys, they were riding in to proclaim peace. Don't take my word for it. Look at Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. This is a, a scripture, a prophecy that Jesus came to fulfill in the moment of time when he entered into Jerusalem. It says, read right here in New, uh, the New Living Translation. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout and triumph, O people of Israel. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, but yet he is humble, riding on, riding in on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle and your king will bring peace to the nations. I'll read that part again. Your king will bring peace 
to the nations. His realm will stretch from sea to sea and the Euphrates, and the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. The mention of a donkey in Zechariah chapter 9 verses 9 and 10 fits the description of a king who would be righteous and having salvation with gentleness. We as a people have done everything we can to take authority. But our God never showed us in the example of his kingdom that we were to take anything. Jesus never took anything. He laid himself down for us. He never took responsibility or authority for anything. Everything that he had, he was given by the Father. But we decide in our moments of less than, feeling as though we're less than, that we have to become more for the purposes of us seeing that we are supreme over others. You can see it in religion. You can see it when Christians decide to show themselves as having the supreme religion in the world. And yes, I understand that we have the right. We know the way, we know the truth, and we know the life. But what about those who have not found the way called Jesus yet? What about those that are trying to identify with our, our Christian beliefs and are trying to understand who this God that we serve actually is? Do you think that you will win them with war? Or do you think that we are to win them, as Scripture says, with love and with kindness? Some of the attributes of the kingdom of God that we miss when we celebrate this Palm Sunday and focus specifically on victory, are, is this attribute of peace. Look in Zechariah chapter 9, he says, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Note many of these points, symbolic and prophetic Biblical scripture are spoken for the purposes of us following after the example of Christ. What did Jesus say? Or what was Jesus doing? He was taking away the chariots. What does that mean? An end to the main vehicle of war. In that time, the main vehicle of war was not a tank. It was a chariot. And when Jesus walked into I feel help. Right there. When Jesus walked into Jerusalem or rode into Jerusalem, he put away with every chariot that would declare war and he rode in on a donkey which proclaimed the peace of God. He took away war horses, written in Scripture, Zechariah verse nine and chapter nine verse ten, and end to the. He took away war horses. There was no need to use horses in war anymore. He said the battle bow will be broken. There is no need for you to pick up weapons of destruction. There's no need for you to find a gun and shoot. There's no need for you in that time to find an arrow and kill your brother or your sister. God was putting an end to all of these things. We talk so much about what it looks like to be just with regard to the Second Amendment. That God don't look for justice. He says, put away all your weapons of war. Put them away. 
Don't use them justly. He says when he ushered in his kingdom, put them away. I will fight for you. There's no need for you to fight in this battle. I am the Lord. I change not. Put your weapons of war away. He will proclaim peace to the nations, which means this message will be a message of reconciliation. This message will not be one of divisiveness. We've used scripture to divide for so long. We've used scripture to put one person against another for so long. But when Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God, he ushered in reconciliation for man, woman, boy, and girl. I don't care what creed, what race, where you were raised from. I came from West Philly. You came from South Philly. You Somebody else came from. I don't care where you came from. I don't care if you're Middle Eastern or Palestinian, if you're from India or if you're from America. Jesus ushered in reconciliation for the world. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of reconciliation, not of war and divisiveness. And his rule, Zechariah says, will be from sea to sea. The kingdom will control extended territories that we have not ever seen yet. I think it's written that all the earth will see and know that Jesus the Christ is Lord. Every knee, every knee will bow and every tongue is going to confess that our Jesus, the Christ, is the Lord. And that is not accomplished because we have forced people to do so. The kingdom of God comes when we decide to be a peaceful follower of the king. Saints, on this Sunday, as we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus, I don't have three points for you. I promise I don't. And I think that means I'm not a good Baptist preacher, deacon. But I don't care today. <laughs> I don't care. I care that I'm a follower of the king. Amen. What I have for you is one thing. As Christians, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, people who are supposedly following Christ's example, can we please remember that our Lord and Savior did not enter Jerusalem to usher in an age of supremacy. He came to give us his peace. He did it. Did he fulfill prophecy? Absolutely. Every word that was written about the Messiah was fulfilled in that man named Jesus. Say amen, somebody. Did he provide hope for the hopeless? You know he did, because I was hopeless one day, and now I stand as one filled with the hope of Jesus the Christ. Did he upend religious systems and norms? There is no doubt that Jesus stood against religious practice for the purpose of seeing the kingdom of God revealed. But did he do so with a sword and a spear? No, ma'am. No, sir. <laughs> he did so with humility. Amen. Did he provide hope? For the hopeless, yes, but did he do so by forcing us to do what we were, what we thought he, what he needed, what he thought we were supposed to do? No, he did so by ushering in for us this moment of peace. Am I angry about what's happening around the world? Saints, you know I am. We've had this conversation many times. I'm angry with the injustices that are being dealt out to black and brown people. I'm angry 
about the things that are happening in and around our country and around the world. I'm angry. Absolutely I am. And there are times when I'm not ready in my heart or in my mind to have a conversation about what's going on because I'll become that angry black man again. Don't test me. Don't test me. Don't try me. There are moments where I need, I feel like I need to pick up a sword. I feel like I need to find me something that's, that could be a little warm. Say amen, somebody. But in that moment, I need to realize that the Prince of Peace did not come to usher in war. And if I am to be a child of God, I am to be one that does not take my right, but one that lays down my right for my brother and my sister. I don't want to see my kingdom come. I don't want to see my will being done. My goal and my heart's desire is to see your kingdom come, Lord, and to see your will being done right here on earth as it's already been established in the heavens. I want to see all of us set free by the power of God. But that doesn't come when we decide to be the powerful ones. That does not come when we decide that it's our will and our way. The only way that we can see God's kingdom come and God's will being done is if we yield to the power and presence of the kingdom. There is this liturgical practice that's been experienced for decades. I'm almost done. There's this liturgical practice that's been experienced for decades, generations, since the beginning of the church, called the passing of the peace. You ever hear of it? So liturgical practice that's been practiced for decades, centuries, called the passing of the peace. Now, I don't know how y'all do it when uh, you are gathered in, in sanctuary together, but there's always a time in Churches where there's a moment where everybody just goes and greets your brother and your sister, walk around, you give hugs. At Whalen Temple, they got this phrase, hug a neck and kiss a cheek, you know. <laughs> everybody walks around doing all that. Ain't going to be no hugs for a minute until everybody's vaccinated. Go on, do what you do. But in that moment, in liturgical churches, what happens is you walk one person to another. And one person says, peace be with you. And your response, your practiced response is, and also with you. Can you imagine what would have happened if after George Floyd was murdered, we as Christians, hallelujah, would have walked around saying, peace be with you. And the response, the practiced response from others would have been, and also with you until that thing got in our hearts and changed our minds forever. Can you imagine what would have happened if on January 20 or January 6th of this year, prior to that, instead of gathering for the purposes of storming the Capitol, we would have gathered and people would have said, peace be with you. And the response of Christians all around this country would have been and also with you. Can you imagine what God would have done to our hearts? 
Can you imagine how things would have been different simply because we would have ushered in the kingdom of God instead of trying to force our own wills, ways, and desires? Saints, if I have one thing to say, I have this is the thing. Lay down your right so that God can be right in all of us. Lay down your right so that God can be right in all of us. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace. Kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. And as Jesus said, it's written in John chapter 14, verse 27. He didn't come to usher in war. He came to usher in peace. He says, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace of God is here with us this Sunday. The attributes of the kingdom, one of them is an attribute of peace. And as we walk from this Sunday throughout the week, this time of holy, sanctified remembrance of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, I remind you this morning that the peace of God will guide your heart and mind. And for this, I give my God all of the praise. The doors of the church are open. You can play something softly if you don't mind. As we have gathered this morning, I believe there's some palms. As we have gathered this morning, I'm pretty sure that there are some that are not feeling restful in your heart or in your mind. Pretty sure that peace is elusive to some of us. You've lost your joy. Trying to figure out which battle to fight in your home, on your job. Trying to understand how you can do what you see needs to be done. Can I offer you God's peace? Jesus said, my peace I give to you. The only way that you're going to quiet the noise in your mind is by accepting the peace of God. The only way that that conversation is going to quell, it's going to shut down, is by you saying, Lord, I've tried and I've failed. But today I've tried and failed for the last time. There's anybody that wants to Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now is your time, and today is your day. If there is someone that's listening to this message, and you're wondering how to get back home, I give you Jesus. You're trying to quiet the noise in your heart, I give you Jesus. 
We're trying to figure out how to fight. I, there's no need to fight in this battle. I give you Jesus. He's the peace that surpasses all of our understanding. If you want that peace, the only way to get it is by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. How do you do that? I'm glad you asked. All you do is repeat these words after me. Jesus, I thank you for this life you gave me. But I have no idea what I'm doing with it. I'm giving it back to you. I believe you lived, you died, and you rose again with all power in your hands. I put my life in your hands. I make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me for the first time or for the first time in a long time, welcome home. Welcome home. I'm glad you're back. Now it's time to put down your weapons of destruction. What are they? The sins that you've practiced for so long. <laughs> the sins that you've practiced for so long. It's time to lay it down at the altar. It's time to realize that it's not for you to control your life anymore. But God has control of everything you do and everything you say. Accept his peace and live a life filled with reconciliation with your brothers and your sisters. And for this, we give our God all the praise. Am I allowed to pull this out? I got to, man, I got to figure out the rules, you know. It's Palm Sunday. Pastor, you want to join me? It's Palm Sunday. And as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, he rode in as they were waving palms, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We declare that today in remembrance. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God, we bless these palms and the remembrance of your kingdom. And we ask, Lord, that as, that as we wave these palms and we look at them, and whatever we do with them, some will make crosses out of them. Some will just put them on their, on their kitchen table or wherever they go, whatever they do. Help, us, help them to be a reminder of your peace that lives inside of us. We'll thank you for it. We'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen.
Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Have a beautiful week. God bless you is my prayer. You are-